Thanks for joining us this morning here. My name is Rich. I'm one of the pastors at the Firehouse Church. I say uh, Jeff was doing the announcements about the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl party and stuff, and I, I have to admit I was torn between Downton Abbey and the Super Bowl. You know, that's going to be a tough call. So no, I'm just joking. I'm gonna watch Downton Abbey. So um, anyway, it's a good little series if you haven't seen it. But uh, no, I don't know. The Super Bowl without the Broncos is kind of. Uh, I don't know. Down Abbey is good competition. So, anyways, but I agree. Maybe we'll keep it in the classroom there. So, uh, let's see what else. You know, we are going to um, make sure you grab a book on your way out there. We are going to begin a series, uh, and I'll talk more about that as we go here. But uh, we're going to be using this book just as a catalyst to our conversation. Some great verses and a great thoughts. Um, so make sure you grab one on your way out there. And five dollars suggested donation, but we mostly want to make sure everyone has one. Uh, someone's asked before, should uh, each spouse grab one? We encourage each spouse to grab one so that, uh, you know, the husbands don't cheat off the wives' notes and stuff there. We, we want everyone reading it. So, um, anyways, I'm going to go ahead and pray, and we're going to jump into, really, it's part two of our series on vision here. And so, um, we're going to finish that up this morning and then kick off something, uh, this series next week here. So, you guys will, let's just uh, bow our heads together and pray. Well, Lord Jesus, we do just thank you for this morning. We just thank you uh, for the opportunity to gather together and that you promised to be in our midst, Lord, in, in a special way. Thank you that you're with each one of us in our hearts and our lives as we go about our, our way, but you promised to gather in our midst. And we just ask that uh, this morning you would uh, soften our hearts, God, open up a, a channel to each one of our hearts that we can hear from you. As we look at these verses, as we share some thoughts, but that we would just be tuned in to hear from you. God, help us to respond to whatever you have to say to us. But I'm excited about the plans you have for this church. So help us to be excited about the things you're excited about. And um, help us just to be useful to you and, and vessels that you can use in any way that would glorify you. We just uh, present ourselves to you this morning. ask you to meet us here in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to jump right in here. Part two of the series, and really we're going to focus in on the starting here. Let's see. So, um, you know, we, we've talked about one of the, the vision statements, uh, kind of the tagline or whatever you want to call it, that we're going to be using as a church is, is reach the world with Jesus starting here. And so last week we talked about reach the world with Jesus, kind of the big picture that we want to live uh, for His name. And we want to, instead of make a name for ourselves or a tower, you know, to, to reach to the heavens, we've been called to reach to the ends of the earth. And that's really uh, our, our vision there. And yet, in a very real way, we have to start somewhere close to home here. Um, reach the world with Jesus means uh, that equals reach the world with the gospel about Jesus Christ. The good news about him. Reach the world with Jesus means as disciples who are representing Jesus and his teaching and the way of life that he passed on. And reach the world with Jesus means uh, with the spirit of Jesus. Actually, he said, hey, I'm, and by the way, I'm coming with you. Um, and it says we would receive his, his spirit for uh, power on this mission. So those are kind of some of the big pictures and broad strokes we've talked about. But this morning, we're going to go into... Some of the smaller strokes here, if you will. Um, sometimes people ask, uh, you know, I've heard the question before, um, you know, what about those people in Africa or the tribes in these jungles that have never heard about Jesus before? What about them? 
And you know, I think it's a great question. And you know, there's, we could do a whole teaching on that. I don't have time for that this morning and this other message. Um, but, but if you get me started, I might uh, know. Um, but anyways, there's a great answer. What about people in these other countries? People in tribes that have never heard? You know, there's people out there right now with organizations that are translating the Bible in all sorts of different languages and dialects. And uh, I get an email regularly from a guy that's a cousin of, of Alan here. Um, Alan's cousin is uh, with New Tribe Missions in Africa. And he's deep in uh, West Africa there. And, you know, we just get these updates. Occasionally they make it to Internet access and stuff. And recently the latest breakthrough in their world was in this little village that they're going to be sharing Christ in. Um, they've come, they're going to move into this village, they're going to get to learn the languages, like kind of a, a real a sub-language somehow related to French. They had to learn French very well to get even to this next level of the language. They're hoping to construct a little uh, house there. But initially they've been given permission to have uh, to occupy a hut in this village in West Africa. And he said, you know, their bathroom conditions are, the bathroom is it's a little hole in the backyard that serves as a toilet and a shower. And uh, they're, they're out there right now reaching people that have never heard about Jesus Christ. And people are doing that, and, and God's on the move. He's not forgotten where anyone's located on the planet. Um, but anyways, you know, sometimes people go, well, what about them? Well, I think, you know, find some people group that's unreached and and someone's going to be going there soon. But one of the questions I know that we've got to answer is, well, what about the people right here? What about people when God's asking, what about those in the Highland neighborhood? What about those in the Denver metro area? You know who he's going to probably ask more about this area than, than anyone else on the planet? He's going to be looking to you and I and saying, how did you do with your neck of the woods? And we hope as a church to do mission trips to other places and have a plan that's regional and international. We've sent teams to different countries in Europe and um, you know, even more recently um, East Asia, stuff like that. And so we're hoping to reach the world as an overflow of what we're doing. But at some point God's going to say, how did you do with your neighborhood? And we really want to have an answer for that and trust that it will take us everywhere. But starting here means a couple different things. One thing starting here means is um, if we're going to reach the world with Jesus, we've got to start right here in our own lives. How are we going to take something to the ends of the earth if it has not connected with your heart and with mine? We've got to start right here. I like it. You can hit yourself and it shows up on the... Let's start right here. Um, and, uh, and we also need to start, you know, right here in our own church. How can we reach the ends of the earth if our church is not working together on this mission or, or saturated with the, the mission that Jesus gave? We've got to start right here in our hearts, in our church, and in our Jerusalem. And we're going to talk about what our Jerusalem means, but, you know, that's at least our neighborhood right here, the corner of 33rd and Tejon. Um, and it's, our Jerusalem is everywhere you're headed to when you leave this building today and wherever you're going to go Monday morning and we're going to talk more about that but starting here three specific things we were thinking about when we um, you know kind of wrote down this this vision here reach the world of Jesus starting here in our own hearts in our own church and in our own Jerusalem and we're going to take a look at some goals and some plans related to each one of these areas this morning so we're going to we'll start first here about um, in our lives you know, I think of Jesus when asked, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus out of everything, what's the greatest thing? They were, they're kind of testing him and checking him. And he said, here's the deal. The greatest thing. Everything hangs off of this. And the other thing he said, everybody said, love the Lord your God with all your heart. And with all your soul. And with all your mind. 
This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like this. Uh, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. But the, the greatest thing Jesus said was, it's about loving your God with your heart. Each one of you has a heart. You've been given a, a mind, a soul. And God says, I've given you all these faculties for a re- loving relationship with me. And so we've got to start there in, in all of this. Um, some of our goals related to in our lives... Um, We've talked about, you know, this year is really going to be uh, just so it, 2013. It's kind of like our, our whole uh, movement of churches nationwide has said the theme of the year is just so it. Um, now, what are the goals related to just so it? Well, to be determined, I guess. We're going to be talking about some of those goals, and we're actually going to finish this message here with some more specific goals than to be determined. But, um, but the idea is to sow it. We want to sow the gospel more plentifully, more generously than we ever have before. And uh, we need to do that personally, and we need to do that as a whole. But um, I think God has a, a theme, something He's coordinating. I get a sense that it's, it's bigger than us. It's it's nationwide, it's worldwide, and, and we have to do our part. But in order to do that, you know, we've talked about this theme again and again, that we all know we need to share the gospel more, right? I mean, who doesn't think they should share the gospel more? You're doing more than enough in sharing the gospel. I mean, well, most of I, I don't raise my hand. I don't think I've done enough. I know I need to do more. We always do. But what we're going to try a little differently this time around, which we feel like God is leading us in, is instead of just saying, okay, now go, go share more and stop, you know, being afraid and, you know, just start getting offensive and just get out there and do it, you know. Um, We're not going to do that. We're going to start with our heart because, you know, that's where it's got to start. We can kind of crack the whip and we can do all sorts of things, but unless your heart wants to share because you love your Savior, there's nothing else we're going to do if it doesn't start there. And so we want to start there. Um, you know, um, a couple of the goals when it comes to in our lives, one of them is that we want to see every member of our church impassioned with the love of Jesus Christ. We want to see every member to have a passionate love for Jesus Christ. Um, because if you don't, you know... The, the rest is just going to be forcing it. It's going to be religious. It's going to be inconsistent. Whatever it is. But this is where it's got to start. This is the greatest thing. Jesus said, you've got to be loving God with your heart. And then we get to all the ways of... He said, well, and by the way, you can do that by, by doing this and doing this and doing this. But we need to start with the heart. And so, um, a couple of verses I've been thinking about related to this. There's this one. Uh, you might have seen these verses if you read through the, the one-year Bible readings. Uh, this was uh, probably a couple of weeks ago. But... Wherever your treasure is there, the desires of your heart will be also. Uh, another paraphrase I like says, uh, you know, where, where your heart is, there, there your thoughts are going to be. Uh, where your treasure is, there is what you're going to be thinking about. But whatever you treasure, that's what you're thinking about. That's what you make actions related to. Whatever's on your heart. Another place, Jesus said this, the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. The good man brings out of his good treasure what is good. And the evil man brings out of his evil treasure what is evil. And we've got to catch this. One of the things that I feel like uh, I've been coming away with from Jesus' teaching on this is that we will speak about whatever we treasure. You speak about the things you treasure all the time. What do you speak about? Well, what do we speak about? I don't know. Uh, who's uh, Who's your favorite football team? The Denver Broncos, obviously. And if, and if you're not a Broncos fan, guess what? We know about it. Because you're a Packers fan. 
we know that. That is too bad. We, we pray for you. And, and there's Vikings fans even in our midst. I tell you, we take all sorts in this church, if you don't know that. But, uh, but the point is, the reason why people know these things is because we speak about what's on our heart. As a matter of fact, we know people who don't like football. Why? Because they don't speak about it or they speak bad things about it, right? Um, so we speak about the things on our hearts. You speak about your favorite band. You know what? People know who your favorite band is. Greg Gerken and some of you others. And some people know if you like classic rock, 80s rock like me or something. Or No, I, I don't know if I like that. My wife. I used to like that. I lived through the 80s, man. Um, but, uh, you know, some people know if you like the, the Mumford and Sons or the folk style music. And if you like the, you know, if some of you are believers. Do we have any believers out here? Uh, what is it? What's his name? Bieber? Justin Bieber. We love you anyways, but I know there's some believers in our midst here. But uh, politics, if you, you have some feelings about politics, guess what? I guarantee you've spoken about it. Right? Right? Uh, yeah, don't hide. Luke, we know who you are. We, we speak about things that we treasure and are valuable to us. And, and that's fine. I'm not saying, hey, now we've got to hate all the things that we've been speaking about. If it's uh, the Broncos or if it's, uh, you know, we speak about beer or coffee or whatever it is. You speak about something all the time. The point is, Jesus wants to be our treasure. He wants to be what we speak about. Not because we have to, because it just comes out naturally like everything else we love comes out naturally. And sometimes we, we like things that is offensive to other people. Oh, I, don't, I hate that band. I hate that type of music. I don't agree with you politically. I don't, you know. And, and sometimes we're not afraid to share what we feel about certain things. We don't care if it offends anybody sometimes. But somehow with Jesus, we're real sensible. I don't want to offend anybody. They, I offended him with all my other opinions. But I definitely just don't want to offend them with Jesus, you know. And, and so we've got to address this issue. And I think we've got to start right in our own hearts. If we're going to share with anyone, it's got to be something that's on our hearts. And I was reminded of a, a verse recently about... Um, as we're going through, some of you might know uh, in Revelation where Jesus is speaking to different issues in different churches. And one of them that he comes to here is, uh, and this uh, I read from the Living Bible here just to give you maybe a fresh perspective on it. But to one church he said, um, you know, uh, I know how many good things you're doing. I've watched your hard work and your patience. I know you don't tolerate sin among your members. And you've carefully examined the claims of those who say they're apostles but aren't. You've found out how they lie, and you've patiently suffered for me without quitting. Yet there is one thing wrong. You don't love me as at first. Think about the times of your first love. How different now. And turn back to me again, and work as you did before. Or else I will come and remove your candlestick from its place among the churches. But Jesus is saying, you don't love me like you first did. And there's been times in life where I go, yeah, that's probably true, but um, maybe that's a time like that for you in your life now. You don't love me like you first did, Jesus could say to you. Um, But what I like out of this is the solution, he said. You know, here's the deal. Here's how you fix that. Get back to what you were doing at first. And when I think about what I was doing at first, when I, I just understood that Jesus died for all my sins, and He would forgive me, and He would accept me, and that He would even be able to give me a new life, that excited me. And I could not help but share with all sorts of people. But, you know, that's kind of what we need to get back to. And you know what it all started from in my life was the Gospel. When I heard Jesus died on the cross for me. And He knew every wicked and wrong thing that I had done, and He would forgive me. And beyond that, He would give me a new life. 
And I, that excited me. It warmed my heart. I was passionate about Jesus in my first response to the gospel. And, and our goal as a church, we want to see everyone in this church impassioned and get back to what got us going in the first place. And hopefully it was the gospel. And if you've never had that passion, that's okay too. Uh, we're going to do everything that we can that you have a, a taste of the gospel that you can respond to your God with your love and your heart and your mind and your soul. And But we're going to start back with the gospel. And that's what this whole next series is about, getting impassioned again but for the first time. And we're going to spend eight weeks on that subject and studying the gospel together. And, you know, if that doesn't get your heart warming a little bit, then I don't know what else we can do. We'll keep praying and stuff like that. But the hope is that all of us will get our hearts caught on fire together as we go through this kind of uh, drinking more deeply of the gospel, being renewed, reminded of the gospel. Anyways, uh, the goal is to get impassioned. Um, some of the other things we want to see, every member is in passion. These next ones, I'm just going to fly through. That one's really the one we're going to start on, so I wanted to share more on that. But we want to see that every member of this church is envisioned. Uh, we're talking about becoming, being known in this neighborhood as the Jesus people. But, you know, it would be kind of silly to be known as the Jesus people if we aren't, like, being the Jesus people. What is a disciple of Jesus supposed to look like? Jesus said to these believers at the time, He said, hey, you know, um, you're really my disciple. You're truly disciples of mine, He said, if you continue in my teaching, if you live out my teaching. John 8 and 41 there. But uh, we want to be men and women that are living out that teaching. We're known for Jesus' people because we're living by His teaching. A lot of people want to be known as Jesus' people, but then you look at what they're doing and what they believe and you go, there's like this dichotomy between like the Jesus of the New Testament and the Jesus they're representing. And we want to be Jesus' people. Uh, the way Jesus identified himself. So that's something we want to be in vision. We're going to take some time to do that. Uh, we want to be empowered with the Spirit of Jesus to accomplish things that maybe we've had good intentions about doing but never really had the power to, the, the courage and the boldness that's needed or we've never seen the backing of the Holy Spirit as we share the gospel. That's an awesome and a powerful thing and we want to be empowered. And we want to be equipped with the tools of Jesus, things like the gospel and our testimonies and our gifts. And those are just some of the, the goals that we have as a church this year is to see that everyone, every member, everyone who calls this their church home, that they're impassioned and envisioned, empowered and equipped. And so um, that's, that's one of our goals about in our lives. Plans for doing that? We're going to use our Sunday morning teaching, starting off with the series on the gospel and getting impassioned. We're going we're gonna to do Sunday morning teachings on the same subject. We're going to um, use our leadership times. are going to be on the same subject. And visiting that as leaders who are trying to be an example in these things. We're going to have this be the same thing we talk about in our small groups. We're going to have this be the same thing we talk about in our worship nights. We're going to just try to let uh, these themes just saturate everything that we do. Starting first with the gospel and really kind of uh, kick-starting our hearts for Jesus again. And so we're just going to use everything we've got. And so that's... Uh, that's what uh, you know, small groups. We've restarted those again. I think they've been so far so good. I've heard a lot of good reports. But we're going to use those as a part of. They're not going to be random. Like, hey, here's another great spiritual discussion that is not connected at all to anything else we're doing. Everything's going to be connected here. It's all going to be a part of this plan. We feel like God's leading us in, and it's. I think it's exciting. Um, the next thing we want to talk about is things in our church. That's, that's in our own lives, in our own hearts. Uh, we've got some goals. We think God's leading us in as a church, and here's one of the verses that, that I'm excited to apply to, to our church, but it says this in Ephesians here. It says um, he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service 
to the building up of the body of Christ. And you know, one of the things we want to be more deliberate about as a church and in the Firehouse Church than we've ever done in the existence of being a church is, is we, we sense one of our jobs as pastors, as evangelists, as different uh, things that are in this list here, is to equip the saints for acts of service. You know, we've talked about the different paradigms that say, oh, you know, we just invite them to church and, and let that guy do his thing. And But when I read the scriptures, it says people who, an evangelist, well, what does this verse say an evangelist is supposed to do? Well, they're the only ones that are supposed to share, right? Get the evangelist out there to do the work, right? I read this verse and it says an evangelist is supposed to help equip others to do works of service like reaching the lost. We've all been called to reach the lost. Some just have an extra grace to, to help others in that. And, and But we've all been called to do it. And we want to do more equipping as a church. And we'll look at some specific areas on that. Um, some of the goals we have there. Equip every member of this church with the gospel and with their testimony. You know, we've all been called to share the gospel. And some of you are equipped and some of you are not. And some of you know the gospel diagram with 33 verses and 10 transitions and a final prayer to pray. And, and that's great. And some of you have never shared the gospel in your life. And that's okay. And some of you use gospel tracts. But our hope is to have every one of you equipped to share his story. What did Jesus do for you and for me and for whoever we're going to be sharing with? And we also want every person to be equipped with sharing, what's your story? How did you come to faith in Jesus Christ? How did you reconnect with God through believing in Jesus? And, and to share that. You know, we started doing that in our, um, our small groups here. And, you know, we talked about doing uh, five, somewhere five to 50 minute testimonies in our small groups there. Uh, depends on your small group. But uh, anyways, the hope is we were aiming for like a three minute testimony. And we'd actually like to get delivered in some of our equipping that you can share your story in three minutes. Because I don't know about you, but when I'm talking to someone I randomly met at McDonald's or someone in the, you know, in my workplace, you know, no, I'm just not in the workplace so much, but I, I think most of those guys are saved. But um, anyways, um, no, just, we don't have time to share a 50-minute testimony most of the time. And even a five-minute testimony might be pushing it, but I think we've got three minutes, and you can share, you know, what, what, a God, what were you like before Christ, and how did you come to become a Christian and receive Christ into your life, and what's been going on since? And we want to equip every one of you to be able to do maybe a three-minute testimony. And um, that's, that's part of the job. I think of some of the verses on, on sharing our testimony. Uh, one guy, Jesus, healed from, from the demons, and he just said, uh, the guy wanted to come with him, and Jesus said, Go tell, go tell them what God, go tell your family what God has done for you. And then it said that he went out to the Decapolis and began telling people about Jesus. And we all need to be doing that. In Revelation, I think about just even the power of a testimony here. Revelation 12:11. it just says, you know, that the accuser of brethren is sent down to earth here. But it says, speaking of us, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. But we've got, you've got a testimony. In your testimony, you've got just a little snapshot that's extremely personal and powerful to share the gospel with. And, and I don't know when the last time you shared your testimony is, but uh, I know when the next time hopefully will be coming up here soon. You know? and so we're excited about equipping with the gospel and with, um, with the testimony. Another goal we have as a church is that we want to see every member equipped to, sh- to serve. To serve somewhere in the church, to serve in a ministry in this church. You know, a couple of key verses on that. I love this. First Peter 4.10 says uh, about our gifts and stuff. And it says, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. 
You know, when you became a believer, you were given some gift that's designed to serve others. Not to make a name for yourself, not to do your favorite thing always, but to serve others. And um, another place here we have the Galatians passage that says, let's read this one real quick too. Galatians 5 and verse 13 says, You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Don't be worldly and fleshly with your newfound freedom. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. We need to serve one another. We've got a freedom. We don't have to do all these things. We don't have to do everything, but we have freedom so that we can turn around and use our freedom to serve and love others for Christ's sake. And we just want to see that every one of you has an opportunity to serve in in a ministry. And um, we'll talk about some of the practicals in the the plans here. Another thing is we want to just equip every member to be a part of a team that's reaching out. You know, it's not... uh, We all have places we go during the week and sometimes we're on our own and things like that. We try to be a light there. But we also want to, as a church, equip you to be a part of a team. Maybe it's your small group team. Maybe it's some other uh, outreach teams that we're going to be forming, some common interest teams. We'll talk about that a little more as well. I even know know, some people teamed up to do and sponsor a coupon class here in the church, and a number of people from the neighborhood came um, for this coupon thing. But really, it's just a a way to team up with someone, to meet them in something that uh, resonates with them, but with the purpose of, uh, you know, some godly ulterior motives, if you will, to connect them with their Creator and uh, help them find eternal life and and everything that comes with the Gospel. But um, some of our plans for this... We, we're going to use our small groups to do a lot of this. You know, we're going to do this book study, study the gospel together in our small groups. One of the things we found is that when we do classes as a church, uh, equipping classes or things like that, we'll do surveys and many people will say, I just don't feel equipped, and then we do a class. And most of the people that said they didn't feel equipped don't come to the class. You know, it's kind of this catch-22. And the people that are equipped, well, they come to everything, so they come to the class too, but they were already equipped in the first place. It's like this, you know, this paradox. But what we found is that the vast majority of our our church, uh, you know, I, I, I would bet probably somewhere 70 to 80 percent of our church was in small groups last week. 70 to 80 percent, and that's awesome, and that's exciting. But we want to use that time together. Maybe we can use that time to equip a little more. And we have fun there, and people maybe aren't afraid of going, oh, they're going to go to this class, and they're going to embarrass me and teach me things I don't know. But I'm going to go to a small group and have fun and have snacks with people I love, you know. We're going to use that to our advantage. So I hope you're ready for that. I hope you're excited about that. Don't, don't hate your small group leader after all this. Um, they're, they're good folks. So, um, but anyways, we want to get a little more deliberate about what we do in small groups. We want to, we're also going to be using deacons to help uh, kick off some of these ministries as well. And, um, you know, maybe just to plant a seed with you, we did this deacon, New Testament deacon class. We spent last fall going through this book together on, on uh, the biblical requirements and the biblical role of a deacon. And after the class, near the end of it, we asked some of the guys that have finished up the class just to say, hey, if you looked around at some of the men in the church, um, who are some guys you think have the potential to be a deacon? And we just kind of had them put the top three people down that they thought, and we just kind of tallied up some things. But as pastors, as we know some of the different leaders and, and their hard and their character and what they're doing we had some thoughts as well and sure enough some of the same names matched up you know um, 
there was one dark horse that made it in there that no they didn't they were, they were exactly as we had foreseen that they probably would be just knowing people's lives but we'd like to at some point here present uh, present a couple candidates one of them isn't here today so I can't present them but um, the two guys that showed up at the top of the list that we've been thinking about to serve in a role like a deacon are um, like Jeremy Triggs and Rob Nielsen and the guys that know them and kind of said looked around they said these two guys I think they could do it and we're in the process of doing some evaluating and, and uh, finalizing that our hope would be to present those guys to commission them at our next worship night and so we do just want to present that publicly to you now now if you know those two guys and you go man I got a bone to pick with Jeremy you know great you know come come let us know I'm all ears you know I, no but we think that they're pretty good guys and we think others have seen the same in their lives and and they uh, they're praying about a heart to serve in this capacity as well. And but anyways, we just kind of want to present that and and see if you you know want to buy in. Really, you have a chance to vote here. But really, your vote is like uh, no, I don't think so. And I, I hope there's not many of those. But if you have a, a thought, a complaint, uh, uh, whatever, talk to one of us as pastors, and we'll include this in the evaluation that we're going through here. But our hope is to commission these guys to come alongside. Right now, we have Greg Miller. Is Greg floating around here somewhere? Greg is currently a deacon, and we're going to use him some more as well as, as a part of uh, overseeing and spurring on some of these ministries. And so that, that's a real practical step that we are moving forward. And I know we've talked about ministry teams for a while and stuff, but we actually are moving forward, and that's a, that's a very real goal, part of our plans this uh, this year. So we're going to continue to you know use our small groups and outreach events to uh, for opportunities to team up with others to reach out together. So we'll be you know, we'll be hearing more about that. Uh, some some events here coming up. So, anyways, um, those are some goals in our church. You know, one of the things that I've been thinking about related to our church is often we've done vision in the past. You've probably seen this picture before. How many of you raise your hand if you've ever seen this picture presentation? This uh, God's will for your life in, in any shape, form, or format. Um, I know at Valley View when we joined churches, they had this in in refrigerator magnet form. Is that right? That's pretty cool. We did not get that advanced, but uh, we had it in cardstock paper form that we used there for a while. And, and really, our vision was every person is you know to we're to have a loving relationship with God, love the Lord your God, and then we're supposed to love our neighbors as ourselves. And we have two types of neighbors, those that are, are saved, those who know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, and those who don't. And we have two ways, that, you know, two lists to pray for that on each one of those, those that are saved and, and maybe um, need to grow as a disciple and, uh, you know, catch on to serving and committing to a church family and things, and then those who don't know Christ and praying for them. But we've used this a lot. But as I've been thinking about it, I feel like um, what we used to do is use this and tell each one of us what we had to do, but we never really connected it to the whole church. And so I feel like that's the next step that we're going through here is connecting um, this cross of a disciple with you know, with how it fits together as a church. I use Legos as a connector here. But uh, I just wanted to share this, this idea that I feel like God's been using in my brain is each one of us is to be a disciple. We love God. We have this vertical relationship and we're supposed to love those that don't know Christ and, and those that do. And We kind of have this uh, horizontal relationship and then we're supposed to not connect with the world and the flesh and the devil and things like that. That would be kind of down below there. But um, I just didn't think it if each one of us was represented by this disciple's cross and we had these uh, Lego connectors here. This is a good size Lego. Um, 
my son let me borrow his piggy bank here. He asked if I put tape over it so I don't lose any of the cash. But I've just been thinking of this idea. What if, uh, you know, each one of us, we have a way to connect with God. It's like we have a Lego component on our top here, and we connect with God. And the way God is connected with us is that it's through Jesus. And Jesus was fully God and yet fully man. And so as man, he could connect with us. And as God, he connects with God. And we connect with God through Jesus. And, and we all need to have that connection. And that's where the gospel comes in. But each one of us also on either side of us as we're trying to reach the saved, we've got connectors here. And we're supposed to connect with the saved and serve them in a way that uh, requires, you know, commitment. We're supposed to love them. Jesus said, as I've loved you, love one another. Or um, this is how you know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, for you. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. But there's a uh, love often carries with it. You know, I think G.K. Chesterton said it like this. Um, it is the nature of love to bind itself to another. If we love God, we obviously are bind, bound together in a loving, committed relationship. We love believers, you get binded together with them, committed in loving relationship. We connect with other believers. And with the lost, when we try to reach them, we, try, we have connectors with them as well. We try to connect them and, and help them connect, you know, basically help them connect with God. And we're supposed to be doing all of that. And it's kind of like we need to be connected. And, you know, our church should be full of we're connected, we're serving, we're committed. And yet at the same time, we have room to reach those that don't know Christ yet. And we're doing that together. And I just think that, that picture of, of all these different connectors. And we can have errors sometimes. Sometimes we can connect with the lost. And we go, boy, I'm really connecting with them. I just hang out with these guys. I value them so much. And the problem with that, we can err in, is that all of a sudden we connect so much with them that uh, it, you know, surveys and studies say a lot of Christians are almost indistinguishable from the lifestyles of the lost. And often the banner we wave is, well, I'm just connecting with the lost. And we start to look a lot more like them than, than a follower of Jesus. On the other side, we can err and I'm connected with you know, the Christians and the, we have the holy huddles and, and we can never actually reach the lost. And Jesus wants us to do both, to be connected to, to God first and to our brothers and sisters in Christ and trying to connect with the lost. And, and that's what we want to be about as a church. And, and if we do that, I think that, that we grow and you get this. Uh, here's a, a picture of a Lego church here. That um, Those are real actual Legos with Lego people. And, you know, if you don't have Legos in your home, they look just like that, those little people. Um, but anyways, the, the point would be that we're connecting with God. We're connecting with one another. We're helping others connect with God and with others. And, and that's really the heart of the church. And, and we think in some of these things and being in ministries that are united with other believers to serve the body and working together to reach the lost. We make this some sort of Lego church here. And, you know, I'm not... Don't get doctrinal on me here. I know Legos are not in the Bible. But, um, but you get the idea. All these connections and ways to connect and love are. So, anyways, that's something to think about as far as our church goes. The last thing we're going to talk about here is our Jerusalem. Um, you know, some key verses on this. This is, this is a great one here. You know, as part of Jesus' last instructions to the disciples after the resurrection, he really had one theme. That theme had all to do about this mission that he was sending his disciples on. Here in Acts, it's represented like this. But you, speaking to his disciples, will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And, you know, we want to talk about in Jerusalem, that was their starting place. In, um, in Luke, when he was speaking, it's recorded, Jesus gave his instructions. He talks about how the Christ would rise again on the third day, but then it goes on. Um, 
Matthew 24:47 goes on to say, And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in His name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You know, we want to reach the world with this good news about Jesus, but we've got to begin right here in our Jerusalem. And, you know, really our Jerusalem is um, it's in our homes. Your Jerusalem is just trying to go, what does this Jerusalem mean? Your Jerusalem is in your homes, your neighborhood, your classroom, workplaces, your spheres of influence. And it also includes, but it's not limited to, the Highland neighborhood. Some of you go, oh, Highland neighborhood is not my neighborhood. Fine, your neighborhood is still part of your Jerusalem. But the fact that our church meets in the Highland neighborhood, it should be on your radar screen as well. Um, but we've got to be thinking, hey, I need to reach people in my Jerusalem. And God's given me His Spirit and the good news. And if I'm a disciple of His, this is my mission. And our hope is to, to help uh, everyone reach their Jerusalem more this year than maybe you ever have before. And so, um, some thoughts on that. Some of the goals we have here. Again, as far as in our neighborhood specifically goes, we would like to become known as the Jesus people in the Denver Highlands neighborhood. DHN is a nice little TLA for you there. Um, Three-letter acronym. So, DHN. But anyways, um, we want to be known as the church. Hey, you know, the Firehouse Church, it's those Jesus people. You want to know what Jesus said about something, go talk to them. And, you know, they'll tell you whether you want to hear it or not. But, but I hope that we get known as the Jesus people. Not just because we say Jesus. You know, Jesus loves everybody. We love everybody. Yet Jesus said some really strong things about sin, about cutting off your hand, about certain ways of relating uh, to sin and he said some really strong things about unconditional love and grace and it said Jesus was full of grace and full of truth and, and we need to represent Jesus we're going to have some truth there's some real truth about things that please God and displease God and things that are right and wrong Jesus even said so and, and he was very gracious in saying and by the way I can help you live this out and he graciously helped people live out the truth of, of the way of following God you know and so we want to be known as that and I want you to be thinking about that. And I hope you know. I hope that resonates with you, because if it doesn't, well, you might not be happy about the goal of the church this year. You know, to be known as a Jesus, a Jesus person. Um, something else is, you know, we we have these just so it goals to be determined. Um, but you know, just to be known as a follower of Jesus, a Jesus person, one thing. But a whole other component we have is. We want to make Jesus known. You know, it's one thing if they say, oh yeah, there's that Jesus person again. They got their Bible or, or you know, their Bible online or on their smartphone. They're the Jesus people. But it's a whole other thing that we make Jesus known and the good news about Him and how He deals with all of us as sinners and how He is willing to forgive our sins and He can help us live a new life. Um, some of the goals specifically are reach, and I have a blank here, reach blank people in your Jerusalem with the gospel this year. Reach... Now, I want you to think about that. How many people in your Jerusalem do you think would be a good goal to reach this year? 2013. 2013. All right, Chris, that's, that's an ambitious goal, but we'll hold you to it, all right? That's good. Small group, you heard that. Chris is uh, aiming for 2013. I mean, you, know, you could put whatever it is in your world. Maybe you've never reached someone for Jesus Christ, and maybe you just put one, reach one in your Jerusalem this year. Um, with the gospel your job is to reach them with the gospel the results are not in your hands that's in God's deal but our job is to share um, now you might say reach all the people in your Jerusalem this year that would be you know that would be a 
ambitious goal. Maybe it's reach 12 people in your Jerusalem this year, one a month. I'm going to try to share the gospel with 12 people this year. In some ways, that's a goal for you to figure out and for you to pray about. And, and you know if you've reached anybody in a long time or if you haven't, if you've shared the gospel in a while. Um, but you know, our, our hope as a church is not to make people feel bad. You go, oh, you haven't? Oh, I can't believe you still come to church. You know, um, the, the goal is to say, I, I don't care where you're at. Maybe you haven't ever seen the gospel shared in clarity and in the conviction of the Holy Spirit. That's okay. But we've got to start somewhere. Let's start this year. And we want to help. And, and that's what it's all about there. But that, in some ways, is a goal for you to figure out. Another thing we want to do as a church in our Jerusalem is we want to, we want to knock on every door in the Denver Highland neighborhood on behalf of the gospel, on behalf of Jesus, really. And we're, gonna, we're, we're known in this neighborhood for putting flyers out and doing prayer on the porch with people. But we're thinking, you know, we ought to just draw a line around the neighborhood. And, you know, if God's going to be asking any church in this neighborhood... Uh, well, I don't know about Africa, but how to go in your neighborhood. We get a sense we want to have a better answer than we have up to this point. We want to get a little more deliberate on knocking on doors, whether it's doing a prayer on the porch, doing surveys. We have a sense that that's what God wants us to do. Even uh, some have told us about mailers. You can do mailers to every mail route in the neighborhood, and some of those can get into apartment complexes that they don't let you knock on their doors there. Um, but, you know, we're just trying to go. Let's, let's go big with the gospel in our neighborhood. Like the old saying, go big or go home. But we're, we're going to go big this year in a lot of ways. Um, some other things we want to do is form common interest outreach teams. Some of these things might include high schools. I know there's some. Rob's already a part of reaching out to Denver North High School. I know some of you go to Jefferson Academy High School. Um, but we want to get some teams together to reach out together on behalf of Christ to some of these places. Bikers. Yeah, I don't know what bikers means. I think about the fixed gear bikers people. I don't know if you call yourself bikers or not. Um, but you know what I mean. I know there was a, a biking club that, that happened uh, when the weather was better where people would meet together and ride on a route together. And it was this cool thing. But I think we could draw a circle around it and just use that a little more intentionally and, and figure out how to be a light for Christ in that environment. Moms. You know, the, the Highlands Mommies group here in this neighborhood has three to 4,000 moms on this, like, email, internet, forum group. And we're trying to figure out how to be, you know, get the moms doing some things. They're, some of the moms were the ones that got that couponing class going. The blank I put here, beverages, you know. I, I'm thinking about volunteering for the beer club. You know, I go, sign me up for the beer club. I got my, my brother-in-law's for Christmas bought me like a brew kit. I've never done any brewing before, and I don't know how it's going to go, but I don't know. I'm an experiment here. Um, Maybe you could start the coffee club. This neighborhood has the highest uh, per capita organic coffee shop, single serve or, uh, coffee shops in, I think, the nation is what the, the one survey said. So we can start the coffee club. And, you know, we might get Ned or someone to head that up, or Travis or one of these guys. Uh, but um, some things to think about. FPU, some of you have taken the Financial Peace University class before. We, we want to present FPU. We want to present that class here in the church. And a couple of you have taken it, and, and it's a great tool for reaching anyone. Christian people have financial things to deal with and non-Christians do, but it's a great outreach opportunity and you know the list goes on and on. Another thing we want to grow, the Firehouse 5K. Some of you have been a part of the Firehouse 5K before, but um, you know by God's grace we, we've run the race two years now. We only got in trouble with the police one year um, and uh, one of our goals this next year is to not get in trouble with the police. We're, we're looking into having them close off intersections for us and all those things that we should have done last year. Um, but anyways, in the 
the process, when I, I talk to the officers after the race, and I say, you know, we're sorry, we're just learning, you know, if you stay on the sidewalk, it would have been okay. The fact that we were in the streets was, I guess, the problem. Um, so, uh, anyway, so he said, you know, all our proceeds, we're just doing this to give all the money to North High School. All our proceeds, we're not, like, making money on this. We're paying our expenses. And, and he, he lightened up a little bit. And he's like, hey, okay, that's, you know, and he got a lot more friendly after that. And, um but anyways, this, this, uh, through the past two years, by God's grace, we've been able to be a catalyst to raising $10,000 for North High School. And they have bought or are in the process of buying and installing bleachers over at their field there. And as we've been dialoguing with the assistant principal over there, you know, he said, uh, by the way, we'd like a scoreboard if you guys, you know. Uh, uh, and so, but our hope is to, to grow this, uh, this race, you know, and continue to add people. And, but the scoreboard, is going to be probably $30,000. And so we get a sense, you know, God is, is working and, and He wants us to be a light in this neighborhood. And, and so maybe you're going to be a part of helping make that possible. I know a number of you helped out with that in the past. But one of the things I want us to think about this Matthew 5.16 verse is, you know, Jesus said, uh, you know, a light, you don't stick it under a bowl or whatever, or a city on a hill is not hidden. But, you know, uh, let your light shine in such a way that they'll glorify your Father in heaven. You know, and I think... Um, we want to be a light. A lot of people do good, and we have to kind of be clear on this. A lot of people do good things in our neighborhood, and there's a lot of good causes. Little Man Ice Cream sends rice to a, a, you know, a third world country every time you buy ice cream from them, and that's good. And a lot of people do good. But the real question comes down to, why do you do good? What motivates you to do good? And we want to be known as the people that do good for Jesus' sake. Do good because we've been blessed. He has blessed us. We want to bless others for Jesus' sake. And a lot of people do it because they just want to be good for the humanitarian, innate goodness in human nature. Fine. They can do that, and that's wonderful. But we want to do good to glorify the name of Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to be all about here, folks. And I, and I hope you catch that. And if someone interviews you on the news, why did you do that? You go, ah, you know, because I'm a good person. I don't know. You can say whatever you want, but my hope would be somehow, you go, you know, Jesus has blessed me and I want to bless my neighbors. And he said to. And, and that's really what we want to be about here as we go. Um, you know, another thing we're thinking about here is start a Saturday night service. We've tried two services on Sunday, but we've been thinking about, you know, Saturday night, um, yupster. Yupster's a new term I want to teach you guys here. But uh, our neighborhood is a mix of yuppies. Yup is, you know, another TLA, young urban professional. And then the other group is the hipsters. And hip, I, I don't know what it means, but you know what the idea is. But I thought, if you, if you hang out here at all Saturday night or Friday night, young urban professionals and hipsters are hanging out, coming and going, and you know, some of them have money and some of them don't, and um, some of them have bikes and some of them have beamers, you know, there's different group out there, but, but those are the guys that are outside the doors of this building Saturday night and Friday night, and we thought, what if we uh, thought about starting another service? Now, it would be more like Salt Lake City, they have a, a Saturday night thing, and some of the people that go there are maybe a little different than the people that go to the Sunday morning, and, and no one like banned from going to either one 
of them like, oh, you don't have tattoos, you can't come here, or you don't have kids, you can't come here, whatever. Um, but but there's definitely a flavor on each one of those services, you know. And but we thought, what if we aimed at a Saturday night service and, and maybe even start by getting people hanging out here Saturday night and say, hey, here's the keys, why don't you do something fun in the cafe? Why don't you do something, you know, maybe we get some people hanging out there and get some of these single guys carrying the big giant cross out in the neighborhood and people ask questions, they go talk to those guys at the cafe. And um, But what if we created a culture in this neighborhood where uh, the Jesus people are hanging out right there and, and eventually a service spins off out of that? Wouldn't that be cool? It's something we feel like God has given us an idea to pray about and maybe even to aim for. Now, you know, I don't want to offend. Like I say, when it comes to labels and hipsters and yuppies, and I am the worst one when it comes to social etiquette here. I, I'm a faux pas waiting to happen, but, um, but I hope you catch my heart. There's people that love bikes and flannel and good coffee, and a lot of them need so a lot of them need Jesus. And there's people that make you know as much as you know a couple of us added up together in our income, and they need Jesus. And we want to figure out how to connect with them and connect them with God through Jesus. And I hope you catch my heart on that. Well, I'll work on the etiquette. Pray for me. Um, but anyway, these are some goals we feel like we're, we're setting out by God's grace to accomplish. We're excited about them. It's the first time I think we've ever, as a church, gotten crazy and like had goals. Um, and so that's a, that's a new thing as well. We're excited about that. It takes faith just to do that. But um, we need a ton of grace. and We're going to use our small groups to seek God together. We're going to be praying more than ever, I imagine. And so um, yeah, the last slide we just have here is just a picture of um this is an interesting picture here. I don't know if you remember. Um, we started off the vision series, and there was an analogy that resonated with me. But um, Andy Stanley was talking in his book on visionary, and he said, you know, sometimes when you, you're just doing things uh, for the sake of doing them, it's kind of like you're shoveling dirt into bags. And until you get a vision, you don't really see that when you shovel dirt into bags and you work together with others, you can save a city. And, you know, I feel like as we're getting a vision together here and we're doing some good things, we're going to be a little more organized. Organized, a little more deliberate, and by God's grace, we will see a city saved. And by God's grace, we will reach the world with Jesus. And we're going to start right here. And uh, you know, it's like we're going to be putting sandbags out around this neighborhood because there's judgment is coming like a flood, and God is very real that He's going to get right with everyone who's sinned against Him. And yet He loves everyone, and He's made a way for every single person to find forgiveness and get right with God. And again, God's terms of forgiveness and peace are, are two words, Jesus Christ. And we want to present that to this neighborhood, and some people might not like that, and some people might get mad, but we've got to do our part. And we're trying to save a city, and we're trying to reach the world, and I hope you're excited about that, because we are. And let's go ahead and pray and get on, get on our way here. Lord Jesus, I just tell you... I, God, I'm excited for what you're doing. I thank you so much for saving me, for forgiving my sins, for giving me a new life. God, I'm excited about um, what you want to use us to do. Lord, you want to take this good news about a relationship with you. We really do love you. Should it be so hard to share you? Uh, Lord, help us. Help us be more passionate about you than ever when we're bumped that you just spill out of our lives out of our conversation. Lord, help us in this. We need your, your spirit. Uh, God, we need to just be filled with love for you. And I just pray you do that in our lives by your spirit and, and be glorified. And God, we just pray that many would be reached with the gospel. And it's in your hand who is saved, who comes to faith, who comes to repentance. But help us do our part, Lord. Help us be a part of reaching the world with your, with your love, Jesus, and, and your gospel. We just pray for all of this in your name. Amen.
Amen. Thanks for coming this morning, guys, and I hope we catch you next week. Please grab a book on your way out, and uh, you know we'll, we'll figure out the five dollars thing. Uh, but go ahead and grab a book. It's just a free uh, do- donation.